Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this day, this day of Pentecost, Lord. Thank you that on this day, Lord, we celebrate the gift of your Holy Spirit when he was sent upon your disciples, Lord, and then you gave them the ability to speak in other languages, Lord, and broke down walls and barriers to bring people together uh, under your good news. Help us, Lord God, to be brought together by your good news this morning. Speak to us, Lord God. Speak deep into us. Speak to us in our heart language, Lord God, and reveal to us your good news and the hope that is ours in Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his holy name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It is fabulous to see you all today on this day of Pentecost. Well, as a parent, and I heard this before, uh, before I was a parent, but when your kids are upstairs horsing around and you can hear them making noise and doing things like that, that's not when you need to worry, right? Because you know where they are and you kind of know what they're up to because you can hear it, right? You can hear things falling or you can hear them moving around. No, the time you hold your breath is when you hear what? Silence. Silence. Because what can be happening in silence? I heard it. Mischief. Mischief. Anything can be going on when, they, when you can't hear them outside their rooms. Right? They could be reading. They could be taking a nap. They could be just perusing the dictionary or the encyclopedia, trying to build up their knowledge of fundamental truths of our world. Um, Yeah, or they could be getting in trouble or planning how to get in trouble, right? And so as a parent, what should you do at that point? Go check on them, right? You go check on them. You go check on them if they're into something they shouldn't be, like, you know, your toddler's climbing up the bookshelf or something. Right at that point, you intervene. You stop and you say, look, this maybe is not going the way you want it to go. Or maybe, no, you might want it to go that way. Not the way it should go. Right? This is not going to work out well for you in the end. Natural consequences are good sometimes, but as a parent, it's our responsibility to step in and make sure that the kids don't get too far down the line, that they have no recourse for saving themselves from, right? It's helpful. This is one of the things we do. Um, I wish my parents would have stopped me before I came up with the idea of parachuting off of our second-story deck. It was actually more than two stories. It was like two and a half, and I jumped off the railing on top of it. And uh, I used a parachute, right? It was a bed sheet, full-size bed sheet. I thought, hey, that's bigger than me, right? It's got to hold me up. So there I went. I held all four corners, you know, just like the little army man you get and the little, like, tossed it. So I jump off of there with the four corners in my hands and that bed sheet unfurled above me. And what happened? I dropped like a rock, right? I mean, I don't know if it would do it if I tried it again. It might work. Or if maybe I blew up while I was falling, you know, like fill it. Um, but no, it didn't. I fell to the ground. Well, not to the ground, to the rose bushes. Right? You know, in one of those moments, it would have been like as I was plotting this and then executing, if my parents would have walked in and said, Seth, what are you doing with that bed sheet? Or if they'd seen me on the railing, Seth, why are you on the railing? That would have been helpful, right? 
that would have saved me from unnecessary pain. Although it did make a good illustration, right? I mean, there is some benefit, right, long term if you survive. But no, it's helpful. It's helpful when people intervene in our lives, when something from the outside stops us. When we're on a line or a path or trajectory which is leading us to a point or to a place where we will end up estranged or hurt or lost, wounded, if someone can step in and stop it, show us our plan, confound our plan so that we don't head that direction, that's a moment of grace, isn't it? At the moment, it might seem like meddling. Right? Like, how, what do you mean I can't jump off this porch? Right? But in reality, it's a moment of grace for us. In our Old Testament lesson, the scene opens on a world which is only some generations removed from the flood. Right? Uh, Noah's descendants have had more and more children, and more and more, and their children have had children. And you have now the world is building up again in population. And we pick up with a group of people who are hanging out on the plain of Shinar. And these people, they figure out how to make bricks. Right? And they hold the bricks together with bitumen, right? which is like a pitch kind of thing. And so they're sticking these bricks together. This is like the Silicon Valley of the day. Right? This is where the high-tech stuff, stuff is going on. Right? If you're building normally with just mud and sticks, somebody comes up with bricks, you're like, Whoa! That blows my mind. What do I do with this thing? Does it come with a manual? Right? But that is where the high-tech solutions were coming out of this area, that plain of Shinar. And these folks are come up with building with bricks. And so, and so they, they all, they're going to, with this bricks, they're going to build a city. And they have a major advantage in their endeavor because they all speak one language, right? They have a common tongue. And so they can communicate with one another without any problems, without any challenges. They can express themselves and be understood by one another. So this group of people, they come up with the idea to build a tower to the heavens. They want their tower to be so tall that it will reach the heavens. And they want to make a name for themselves. What does it mean to make a name for yourself? What's it mean to make a name for yourself? All right, everybody, forget about the cat for a second. We'll just name that, like the cat distraction is going on. Okay, there's a cat wandering around up here. What does it mean to make a name for yourself? Become famous. That's right. A reputation, that's right. Yeah, you, you, you um, create an identity, you create a brand, you create, this is me. And I have created this, I've built this empire on my own, this is my legacy. They wanted to do that for themselves, they wanted to build a name for them. Where do you normally get a name from? Your parents, right? Somebody else named you. You don't make it for yourself, it's given you. But these people, they want to do it for themselves. And they want to stay there as well. They want, to be, they want to be there as a group by themselves. As a people, presumably, in opposition to the Lord's call to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. It's hard to fill the earth when you're sticking in one place and have no plans of moving. 
right? So they begin this work. They begin this massive public works campaign, and the tower begins to go up. They think they're building a tower to their heavens, but despite how tall they get that tower, God still has to come down to see it. The irony is really thick in this passage, and, and Moses wrote that in there, that irony, that God had to, they thought they're building a tower to the heavens where God would have to look up to them, but God still has to come down to that tower. Because can you get to heaven by building a tower? No, you can't. Those seemingly people still try, but you can't do it. So God comes down to see their work. The Lord looks at their work and their motives and sees both success and failure. These people were, in the eyes of the world, killing it, man. They were killing it, weren't they? I mean, they're building this tower. They've developed a brick. They're, like, sticking the bricks together. I mean, this is, like, amazing what they're doing. And they're working together as one people on this common goal. They're getting everything right, success after success. They're able to work together and build this thing that's greater than themselves in unity. But in this success was the framework for total failure. They were building this amazing thing. For whose glory? Their own glory. They were building this for their own glory. To give themselves a name. To give themselves an identity. So that people would look at them and say, it's the tower people. They sought to make a name for themselves. Independent from the Lord. Who is never mentioned by them in their plans. They never mention God. All they want to do is get up to heaven on their own. They don't mention anything about God. And they want to stay in one place instead of going out in faithfulness to his commandment. Interestingly, as an aside, one chapter later, God will call a man, and his name will be Abraham, and God will give him his name. And he will call him from this area where they're building their tower. And he will take him from that place and he will send him out to follow him to the place that he will lead him to the promised land. So these people, though, these people building this tower, their successes were only going to lead them away from the Lord and toward their own destruction. Right? Because the more success they had, the more what, what would they think? The greater they are. The greater they are. I can do this on my own. Right? Who needs anybody else? Who needs God? Right? This is all about me, and I've done it. Look at what I have done. And the further you get from God, the further you get from His presence, the harder it is sometimes to remember Him, to think of Him, to think there might be any need for Him. These people, they'd come up with a plan that sounded good, but ultimately it would lead to them building not a tower, but a wall between them and God. They were building a barrier between the Lord and themselves. So the Lord went down and he confused their language. With the inability to communicate with one another, they spread out, they left their job. They spread out over the land, unwillingly fulfilling the Lord's command to fill the earth. Their endeavors are st had stopped. Their name had not been made. They had not completed their goal. But the Lord, like a good father, stepped in and stopped their not-so-good plan 
before they completely separated themselves from him. Fast forward now to the day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was a Jewish festival in celebration of the giving of the law to the people of Israel at Mount Sinai, and also the barley harvest in the land of Israel. Right? It's a celebration of those two linked events. And it was one of the required feasts of Israel when God would bring together all the Jews from the ends of the earth to Jerusalem to celebrate him together. At this feast, the disciples are huddled together in a room. Despite the, despite the Great Commission to go out to all nations and to make disciples, they could have done that right in Jerusalem as they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. But instead, they're in a room with one another, not out mingling and sharing the good news, but hold up together, hunkered down in one place. Then the Lord miraculously sends the Holy Spirit upon them, with divided tongues of fire, and these disciples begin speaking in other languages, so that the Jews there from other parts of the world can understand them and believe. And that day, 3,000 came to believe the first fruits of the gospel of salvation. In Pentecost, we see the fulfillment of the hope that the people had in the Tower of Babel account. In the coming of the Holy Spirit, God gave the people the ability to reach to heaven and to have heaven with us. For through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we have an advocate who intercedes for us to the Father. And we also have God with us, the Holy Spirit, present with us every day of our life. Heaven is here by the power and grace of our God. And we celebrate that on this day of Pentecost. The people of Babel also sought to make a name for themselves. right? Because in Pentecost, they are given an identity as God's people. Remember, the, the Spirit is that sign, that seal upon us that we are in Christ. The, the Holy Spirit is that outward and visible sign that you and I are followers of our Savior that we have been baptized in his name and put our trust in him. Therefore, they didn't need any longer to be defined by their successes or failures, but by their heavenly Father who, has marked, who had marked them as, their own, as his own. Finally, God brought them together by the power of the Spirit, not held together by some building plan or some location or a common goal, but by the name of God. Remember, this Jewish feast of Pentecost was a time when people were gathered from all over the world to come and worship God at his place. Not the place that the Israelites had come up with on their own and built on their own, but the one that God had called them to build, the temple, where they would worship him. A city and a place to proclaim the glory of God. We see the fulfillment of the Tower of Babel here in the Feast of Pentecost. You and I, we live in a world which is filled with people behaving like children. Right? We seek to build towers. We seek to make a name for ourselves. We seek to do all kinds of things on our own. We come up with our plans. We think we can be secretive about them. We think we can hide away in our rooms and come up with things and God won't ever know. But he knows. He knows. He knows that those plans will only lead us farther from him if he allows us to carry them out. 
May the Lord, in his grace, frustrate our plans, which will lead us from him. That we might be humbled and see our profound need for him and for his mercy. May he love us so much that he stops us short in our bad planning, shows us the error of our ways, and allows us to confess to him and receive his grace and mercy. And if we're already way down the road, is that the end of us? If we've carried out that plan for our whole lives, is it too late today? No. No. Today, may the Lord show us the hope that is ours in Christ. May he give us the strength to repent, to confess our sin to him, to receive his pardon, his grace, and his love. May this day of Pentecost be a day of transformation. And may the Holy Spirit fall upon us and fill us with his power that we might go into the world transformed. Because our Lord Jesus Christ has died to give us a name. A name before which ultimately every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You and I, we are part of the body of Christ by virtue of our faith and baptism. May we receive this identity today. May we allow Jesus Christ to mark us with the sign of his Holy Spirit. And may we go out into this world living like spirit people, giving hope, love, mercy to others, caring for the hurting, the lost, and the lonely, sharing with what, of what God has given us, asking for forgiveness when we fall short, and forgiving others when they do. May we do this, and may we confess today and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you so much for this day of Pentecost, Lord God, where you brought together Jews from all over the world to come and worship you in Jerusalem, and then you revealed the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for these first fruits who believed in you, Lord, these 3,000 who on that day trusted in you. Help us, Lord God, to trust in you as well. We confess to you that sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we lose track of where we are and who we worship and who's in charge, Lord. We confess to you our hardness of heart, our brokenness, Lord, our lack of faith. Lord God, forgive us. Set us free from guilt and pain. Lord God, and help us to trust you more. And we pray that you would send us from this place, Lord God, filled with the power of your Holy Spirit. May he wash through us anew, Lord, and quicken our hearts. And may rivers of life and healing flow from us, Lord. And may we be a blessing in this land and wherever you call us to. Help us to serve humbly, to love deeply, and to follow you faithfully. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.